Hey everyone, welcome to Friday edition of The Short. I am Tim Pernell, your host. Hope everyone has been enjoying the shorts from the last couple of days. Uh, I actually was recording last night at my home to do another short and then a phone call came in and then I just did not get back to it. But I'll go ahead and I'll just reiterate what I said in that one and, and put in today. Let's talk about three-team trade uh, between the Lakers, the Nets, and the Sixers. Uh, they have three players, three unique players on each of those teams. Kyrie, Net from the Nets, Ben Simmons from the Sixers, and Russell Westbrook from the Lakers. Now, yes, we know that Russell was just acquired, but this is just all speculation, first of all. This is just a little bit of fantasy uh, drafting or trading, so to speak, for all you big uh, fantasy players, whether it be football or basketball. Uh, but let's just imagine this three-team trade goes down. Let me tell you the players where they go and why I think they should go there and the strengths and the weaknesses that they bring to their new teams. Let's say that Ben Simmons goes to the Nets, Kyrie to the Lakers, and Westbrook to the Sixers. All right, let's start with Ben Simmons. Now, as we know from the last two weeks, Ben Simmons has been under fire and has been doing some diva-ish, diva-ish things out uh, as far as being fined for not uh, being in practice, not participating in practice in, in the preseason games. And as of yesterday, he came to practice but then left immediately due to some type of back pain, spasm, whatever it may be. They're saying that he's getting checked out. Uh, by some specialists today so we'll see how that goes but let's say that in all he is healthy and he goes to the nets here's what the nets get they get a playmaker that a secondary actually yes they get another playmaker on their team so they'll have three with him durant and harden they get a defender a much needed defender that can defend the perimeter and as well rebound the ball so they get that they get a really good defensive presence now don't forget either um that ben simmons was second in defensive player of the year voting he was actually in my personal opinion the best defensive player in the league above rudy gobert and as we all saw rudy gobert was not was exposed in the western conference semifinals but let's talk about weaknesses now. Ben Simmons can't shoot. We all know that. Ben Simmons does not have a jumper outside of eight feet. All of his scoring is at the rim within eight feet and inside. But what does that mean, really, for the Nets? It still means that he's on the floor. They still have Kevin Durant. They still have James Harden to close games out. Ben Simmons is will not be asked to close games out. Ben Simmons will be asked to be the primary defensive stopper. I'll, he'll probably be an all-card more of a, of a Scotty Pippen kind of role uh, as far as the defensive side. I only say that because of his of his height and his length uh, with his arm span. But, I mean, you know, it could work. It, it could work, but it's all in speculation. All right, let's move on. Let's say now, let's move on to Kyrie to the Lakers. All right. Kyrie goes to the Lakers, and the Lakers get a much, uh, they pretty much supplement another playmaker by 
uh, trading Russell Westbrook for another playmaker and Kyrie. Yes, they still have Rondo, and obviously, yes, they have LeBron. But here's the upside of what Kyrie brings. Kyrie brings a much-needed a much needed shooting from the perimeter as well as the mid-range, and he can get to the basket any time that he wants. And it would be interesting, too, to see how he, how he first, uh, first off, reacclimates himself with LeBron. You know, they haven't played in about six seasons together. And how he would gel with Anthony Davis and seeing how those two would be uh, a dynamic down the, uh, down the line in uh, critical games. But here is the downside of that. Kyrie's still not vaccinated. Kyrie has to get vaccinated, right, in order to play games in uh, the state of New York or in the state of California. And those aren't issued by the league. That is actually state-mandated. There's a huge difference. So he has to comply with the state and not with the league. Now, with that being said, if I were Kyrie and I was being traded to L.A., first and foremost, glitz and the glamour, it's all great, it's all cool. You know, you get to be back with your buddy LeBron who you who you left, you know, six years prior, thinking that you could do it yourself, and now you can't. Obviously, we know that you can't when you were in Boston, and Boston really didn't even need him. But... Is he willing to, first, obviously, first and foremost, get vaccinated, but is he willing to, you know, comply with LeBron and with the and with Frank Vogel's defensive schemes? That's yet to yet uh, yet to remain to be seen. But you know, once again, it's all in speculation. Like I've said, I just want to keep reiterating that this is not. Uh, a, a definite move or anything is just all in, in good taste. But let's move on. Let's move on to now Westbrook to Philadelphia. Westbrook, grimy, mean, ferocious, a pit bull of pit bulls. Philadelphia, a city of brotherly love, as they say, but honestly, a city of cutthroat. They'll punch you in the street. They will bump you. It depends on how you get back up is how they pretty much respect you. It's a good fit for for both the city and Westbrook, honestly. Westbrook gets shooters with Green, Maxi, Shake Milton, Tobias Harris is another good shooter and also another good defender. And he is a bona fide scorer. Obviously, you have Joel Embiid manning the paint manning the perimeter as well, shooting 36% from three last year. And he's a person you know you can go down to in the stretch. And you have a really great coach in Doc Rivers. Although the downside of being coached by Doc Rivers, I feel like, this is just a side note, he doesn't really make many adjustments in the playoffs. We'll see how that goes. But anyway, the downside of having Westbrook is... He gets in his own way sometimes. I honestly hate to admit that I'm a fan of the guy. I really like the way that he plays. I think he plays. He, he kind of brings that old school playing mentality, toughness of doing whatever it takes to win, whether it's rebounding, passing, uh, shooting the ball, defending. 
but he does get in his way sometimes where he kind of he he tends to rush I remember early in his career in Oklahoma City where he would get the ball in the fast break and pull up at the free throw line and consistently hit it I mean he was hitting about hitting that shot at about a 48 to about 52 percent clip and that was a really really good shot because he's open and he's in rhythm coming off the step of the drive. If you don't believe me, go look up tapes of when he would pull up on his jump shot. Now that he's a little bit older, it, many people have thought that his speed may have declined, which it has a little bit, but he still is really effective. His jump shot really has dwindled, obviously, in years. And three-point shooting, teams are going to load up the paint, or if you're a football person, they're going to load up the box and make him shoot. So that's that's going to be kind of, you know, that would be kind of a question in this trade scenario if, if you're Philadelphia, if you're Daryl Morey. Like, do I really bring him in? Even though I know I brought him in when I was in Houston, but if I bring him in here, will he, you know, kind of supplement to himself to that back roll? So we'll see how that goes. But let's go ahead and let's move on now to some football talk. Last night we had Broncos versus Browns. Browns are without Baker Mayfield and seems like half of their offensive starting players uh, with uh, Kareem Hunt out as well. And they have some O-line uh, issues as well. But we had Case Keenum, who was coming into that game as a career starter of 7-17. Seven and 17. Yes, 7-17. Seven and 17. And yes, this is the same Chase or uh, Case Keenum that had that incredible throw to Stephon Diggs. If you don't remember in Minnesota when they played the Saints, I remember where I was. I was uh, living with a roommate at the time, and he's a huge New Orleans fan, and we were watching the game uh, in the game room, and (laughs) it looked like it was an incomplete pass, and Stephon Diggs catches it, and he runs into the end zone and scores, and I just remember seeing my buddy's face, and he was just, he was just ejected. It was honestly kind of quite nice because he was talking so much smack that year about New Orleans. But anyway, last night, it, the, the rushing tack of the Browns looked decent. They rushed for 182 yards to Denver's uh, 41 yards. Teddy Bridgewater did start for Denver. He had two touchdowns and an interception. He didn't look too bad. But when you only score 14 points, it's kind of questionable, you know, was his performance really that good? In most cases, no. It's kind of it's, it's really hard to kind of evaluate. I feel like at this point. So, but now that we're in the second quarter of the football season, uh, coming into week seven, there's some questions that I have on some teams as far as identity, right? So we know who's the, some of the teams that already have their identity. One being the Bucks, the Rams, the Cardinals, the Packers with Aaron Rodgers. We know that they are good, dominant teams and that they are going to slug it out here pretty soon in the NFC as we get into the third quarter of the season into weeks, you know, 12, 13, and 14. It starts to get a little, it starts to get a little rough. It honestly does. So. But here's some teams I have questions about. One being Pittsburgh. They're 3-3. Three and three. They've had some wins against some run-in-the-pack teams like they are themselves. And they put themselves right back into that discussion of being a lower-seed playoff team. It's going to be interesting to see the next few weeks 
how how the defense elevates its game. You know, the offense really hasn't been that great, in my opinion. I think that they still should have let go of Ben Roethlisberger maybe two years ago, or for sure last year, but maybe even two years ago to get some get some youth in there and grow. But that, the, but the mainstay of of the team has been the defense. Uh, another team that I have question marks about is the Dolphins. They're one in five, and I know a lot of people are like, why do you have questions about them? There's been rumors and discussions about Dewan or uh, about Deshaun Jack uh, Watson, excuse me, Deshaun Watson being traded to Miami. But the issue is morally and objectively, he has legal issues going on. Twenty three witnesses have made claims of sexual misconduct. And there's definitely a defamation of his name and his character right now. And that's why Houston has not let him play it down. That's why they are tanking, essentially, on purpose, knowing that their quarterback is in legal issues. And we also know, too, don't forget that Deshaun Watson does not want to be in Houston because of ownership. And the ownership really, quite frankly, uh, from what has been written about them, has been tends to be racist, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. They have a lot of, you know, players of color, black players on their team. But, you know, that's near here or there, and I'm not going to get into that deep side of the discussion of it. But let's keep it like this. Those These teams are, for Miami, they have had two of for 11 games. And honestly, he hasn't been bad, but he hasn't been great either. He hasn't shown Miami why he should be the cute quarterback of the of the franchise for the next 10, 15 years. On the flip, the franchise has not given him many, but hasn't given him an offensive line. He gets hit a lot. I watched that game in London, a little bit of that game against uh, Jacksonville in London. They were getting to him, and Jacksonville's not that great of a team themselves. That's an issue. The, the The question now becomes, how can you really evaluate him if you're not giving him a really good, giving him a chance, giving him an, an actual decent offensive line? In my, in my opinion, when you're building a team, I wouldn't even worry about a quarterback yet. I would build an offensive line first, and then through the draft, yes, get a quarterback. For example, that's what the Chiefs did. The Chiefs, you know, they were good. They had, they did have Andy Reid in place, but, or even before they had Andy Reid in place, they built through the draft. They built through that offensive line. They did take Eric Fisher from Central Michigan as a first, as a number one overall pick. They didn't even go for quarterback. And but I think at this time, at that time too, that Alex Smith actually, yes, he was, he was there, and they built that way. They kept getting better they got pieces they got a Tyreek Hill they got a uh Travis Kelsey and they made their way to eventually handing the keys over to a franchise quarterback in Patrick Mahomes and look at them today yes they are three and three this year but that's a really good example of a team building through the draft but building an offensive line first now they have issues on defense we'll we'll transition to that the Chiefs need to play perfect football on the defensive side of the ball. 
if they want to have a chance of even hosting the first round of the playoffs. They're still in good position to be in the playoffs, but they need to get in high gear. The AFC West is going to be a gauntlet here pretty soon, I believe, with San Diego, even though they lost to the Ravens, with Las Vegas. And Las Vegas is looking really good despite all of their off-the-field issues. And Denver, Denver, even though Denver is 3-4, and four, Fangio has placed them in a really good defensive system. And they still have Von Miller. I don't know if people remember that guy, but he's still there. All right, well, I'll cut it in here for our show today, for our short today. Make sure that you like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. I will later today be posting the show. We'll get into some baseball talk, heavy baseball talk, uh, in the first 15-minute segment. And then we'll go ahead and we'll get back into some football later on. And we'll preview some of the games that I'm looking forward to this weekend. All right, we'll see you later.